and welcome to your favourite teacher. So in today's second podcast, um, I'm continuing with literature paper one, and this time I'm going to be looking at extracts from Romeo and Juliet. Now, with literature paper one, you're very lucky um, in one sense because you do get this extract, and you can use this extract to draw lots of information um, not just from what's given in front of you, but also it can remind you of things that you then need to link for the rest of the story. Because this answer for you to do well is really two parts. You need to take what you've got in front of you and link it to the rest of the story. So in the case of Romeo and Juliet, you're linking that to the rest of the play. We want to be using the right terminology. So hopefully you have access to a copy of Romeo and Juliet for this revision. If not, just quickly Google Act 3, Scene 1 because that's where we're going to look uh, for this question. So at this point in the play, Prince Aeschylus is deciding how to punish Romeo for killing Tybalt. So it's Act 3, Scene 1. And the question says, starting with this extract... Explore how Shakespeare presents the nature of justice. So I'm going to underline justice in this question and write about how Shakespeare presents the nature of justice in this extract and how Shakespeare presents the nature of justice in the play as a whole. So Shakespeare is doing a lot of presenting and that's really what you need to focus on, how Shakespeare presents a particular thing. Now in this case we're going to be looking for justice. And how he presents it is obviously through his writing, through his characters, through his vocabulary. So let's have a look at this extract. I'm going to read through it first once, and then I'm going to look through it um, thinking more with a focus on the nature of justice. So Lady Capulet. He is a kinsman to the Montague. Affection makes him false. He speaks not true. Some twenty of them fought in this black strife, and all those twenty could but kill one life. I beg for justice, which thou, prince, must give. Romeo slew Tybalt. Romeo must not live. Prince. Romeo slew him. He slew Mercutio. Why now the price of his dear blood doth owe? Montague. Not Romeo, prince. He was Mercutio's friend. His fault concludes but what the law should end. The life of Tybalt. Prince. And for that offence, immediately we do exile him hence. I have interest in your hate's proceedings. My blood for your rude brawls doth lie a-bleeding. But I'll immerse you with so strong a fine that you shall all repent the loss of mine. I will be deaf to pleading and excuses, nor tears nor prayers shall purchase our abuses. Therefore use none. Let Romeo hence in haste, else when he's found that hour is his last. Bear hence his this body and attend our will. Mercy but murders, pardoning those kill, that kill. Sorry, that was quite poorly read. So, as with all of Shakespeare, there's lots of waffle and lots of things that you might not necessarily understand and you might get an extract and be like, oh my sweetness and light, what am I going to do with this? So you just need to take it line by line. Remember, at all times you're looking for something to do with justice and how it's being presented. So we know from before we even read this extract that in this point of the play, Romeo has killed Tybalt. So he's we're looking for punishment for murder. And that's what you need to think about here. You need to think about how that's being put, put across. 
So Lady Capulet in her first few lines, basically to summarise, is saying that she wants justice for Tybalt. And justice is one of those words which... Um, It can sometimes be misconstrued with revenge and justice really means what is right um, and that's something that philosophers have struggled to um, define for a really long time. But essentially we're looking at how justice is being presented by Shakespeare. So Lady Capulet seems to think that justice for Tybalt is kind of like that old phrase, an eye for an eye. So Romeo killed Tybalt, or slew, that's what that means. Romeo must not live. So we've got our first real suggestion here, that justice for, um, in this instance, according to Lady Capulet, means because he's killed somebody, he can't survive so it's it's kind of capital punishment type idea that as punishment for Tybalt dying justice for Tybalt would be for Romeo to be killed um but Prince says Romeo slew him yes he did remember slew means killed so Romeo killed Tybalt Tybalt killed Mercutio now who now the price of his dear blood doth owe so he's saying, who's who killed Mercutio? Mercutio's died as well. So we've kind of, we've already got two deaths. We've got the death of Tybalt and the death of Mercutio. Um, was Mercutio just killing Tybalt to pay that um, blood price? We've got this blood doth owe. And I think it's the idea that if blood has been spilt, it needs to be retaliated. Um, And that sort of concept of justice and retaliation and revenge seems to be quite prominent. So um, one person dies, that person who's done the killing gets killed. And that seems to be the concept of justice for this time period, that if you do something wrong like that, you get killed. Um, But the prince is asking, um, who's paying the price um, of Mercutio? Montague then says, not Romeo, Prince, he was Mercutio's friend. His fault concludes, but what the law should end, the life of Tybalt. So what Montague's saying here in defence of Romeo, who is of course a Montague, is he's saying, listen, the, the justice was in Tybalt having to die for the murder of Mercutio. And really, all that Romeo's done here is he's just come in and he's done your job for you. So he's done what the law should end. So Romeo, in killing Tybalt, has caused justice. So Romeo is not at fault. He, what he's saying is, he was Mercutio's friend. His fault concludes, but what the law should end, the life of Tybalt. So the life of Tybalt, according to Montague, is what must be taken for justice and so Montague's arguing that listen Romeo just did that um did the just thing and he just did it uh sort of preemptively kind of a vigilante justice um so then the this is all very complicated this is probably a bit of a pain of an extract but I'm going to go through it slowly And essentially, all you need to pick out is that so far, they're arguing over the fact that if somebody dies, somebody else must die in return. And that seems to be the concept of justice that Shakespeare's presenting. And he's doing this through the arguments of Lady Capulet, Prince and Montague. So, Prince. And for that offence, immediately we do exile him hence. So he's saying that the... 
one person has died, the next person has died as a result. And so the person, so Romeo's punishment should be that he is exiled. My blood for your rude brawls doth lie a-bleeding. But I am mercy with so strong a fine that you shall all repent the loss of mine. I will be deaf to pleading and excuses, nor tears nor prayers shall purchase our abuses. Therefore use none. Let Romeo hence in haste, else when he's found that hour is his last. What we're hearing um, is the prince saying that this justice that Romeo has taken it upon himself to kill Tybalt this is not acceptable and he is being exiled and the prince here is really putting his foot down because remember that this war between these two houses has been going on for a long time and the bloodshed for your rude brawls here um he's had enough so he's basically punishing them with a fine so the nature of justice um in this extract um has a few different things that you need to talk about. The first is the idea of um, an eye for an eye. Romeo must not live that's being put forward by Lady Capulet. Um, and her view of justice that Shakespeare's presenting um, this view through her. And obviously she's not a real person. Um, so you need to remember that Shakespeare does these things. So Shakespeare's representing one view, which is that if somebody is killed, um, that killer should be killed. Um, Montague is um, saying that isn't the case and that Romeo should not be killed because his killing was just so he killed Tybalt um, justly because of Mercutio and then we also have um, a different punishment the idea of an exile immediately we do exile him hence and what he's saying is he's giving him a chance um, for Romeo to leave let Romeo hence in haste so he's saying he's got to go and he's got to go now in haste means right now else when he's found that hour is his last and that's quite a poetic way of saying if I see him I'll kill him um, and so essentially what the prince has said is that Romeo must leave he is banished and so he has taken a slightly more merciful look rather than let's just kill Romeo because then we've got killing upon killing upon killing he's saying that Romeo must leave and this feud must be over and um, we've also got the idea of a fine so really Shakespeare presents justice as punishment um, and I think that's interesting. We look at the different types of punishment for the different crimes. And I think definitely justice as punishment was something that was um, very typical of, um, of that time. And uh, even until quite recently, the idea of um, punishment rather than rehab rehabilitation, which tends to be something that's um, much more modern, an idea of how you deal with with a crime um but so through lady capulet the romeo must not live that's what i'd pick out um and blood doth owe the idea of owing blood um that's what the prince says um we've got um my blood for your rude brawls so showing um his frustration at what's happening um and then when he when he's found that hour in his is his last mercy but murders pardoning those that kill um 
so we've got lots there to talk about the idea of the the ideas surrounding um death and punishment and i think that justice obviously is much more than that and um it's important that the justice seems to be tied up very violently in romeo and juliet um and that's something that's important for you to pick apart this romance um romance this violence um and the way in which it is justice seems to be uh, a result of anger and revenge and and that's something that Shakespeare's putting across um, through all of his characters but in particular in this extract so moving on this is the next one that I'm going to have a look at from Romeo and Juliet and this is act two scene one um, and at this point in the play, Romeo has run from Mercutio and Benvolio, who were trying to get him to come back. And starting with this extract, explain how far you think Shakespeare presents Mercutio as a good friend. Write about how Shakespeare presents Mercutio in this extract, that's all I'm going to be talking about, and how Shakespeare presents Mercutio in the play as a whole. So you're going to need to go through, figure out what other things you can talk about with Mercutio, and I'm going to try and unpick this extract for you. So it's act two, scene one, and we're looking at Mercutio as being a good friend. So this is the conversation between Benvolio and Mercutio. Benvolio. And if he hear thee, thou wilt anger him. Mercutio. This cannot anger him. T'would anger him to raise a spirit in his mistress's circle of some strange nature, letting it there stand till she had laid it and conjured it down. That were some spite, my invocation, is fair and honest, and in his mistress's name, I conjure only but to raise him up. Benvolio. Come, he hath hid himself among these trees, to be consorted with the humorous knight, blind in his love, and best befits the dark. Mercutio. If love be blind, love cannot hit the mark. Now will he sit under a medlar tree and wish his mistress were that kind of fruit, as maids call medlars when they laugh alone. Romeo, that she were, oh, that she were, an open, etc. Thou a poppering pair, Romeo, good night, I'll to my truckle bed. This field bed is too cold for me to sleep. Come, shall we go? So, the pair of them are um, trying to get Romeo to come back, and we need to look at Mercutio being a good friend. Um, this cannot anger him. T'would anger him to raise a spirit in his mistress's circle of some strange nature, letting it stand there till she had laid it and conjured it down. That were some spite, my evocation is fair and honest, and in his mistress's name, I conjure only but to raise him up. So Mercutio is looking out for his friend Romeo here. He's understanding the tangled, you know, love triangle that Ro Romeo's got himself into. Well, not really a love triangle, but certainly a love mess that he's got himself into. Um, and he says um, that he his 
ideas is fair and honest. So what he's trying to do is fair and honest and in Juliet's name. So he has both Romeo and Juliet's best interests at heart. And we see that by raise him up. And this um, is really like a metaphor. So he's obviously not physically raising him up, but he's trying to help him. So a good friend here is somebody that wants to help him. It's somebody that understands what he's going through as well because he talks about uh, his mistress's circle. And so he understands that the um, how in love he is. Um, and then Mercutio is also saying, if love be blind, love cannot hit the mark. So he's sort of saying um, that he doesn't really understand what's going on with Romeo but that he knows um how much Romeo is completely besotted with Juliet this field bed is too cold for me to sleep come shall we go so he's kind of imitating Juliet here um he says that he he understands Romeo is a very romantic person and that he's you know we've got natural imagery here medlar tree kind of fruit poppering pear um and so he's kind of talking about this love he understands what Romeo how Romeo is feeling and we know from our character of Romeo that he is um besotted he's uh, quite immature in his love he falls hopelessly over heels and Mercutio seems to really understand that he seems to understand that Romeo is going to be have his head in the clouds um, and so I think that Mercutio is presented as a good friend here because not only is he trying to help Romeo um, by raising him up, um, but he also is understanding of Romeo. He he understands this like lover's dream that he's got himself into. Um, and so I think that's important. He says that um, his evocation is fair and honest um, and he's trying to get him to come back for his love, for the sake of his love. Um, and that's important in him understanding how much Romeo loves Juliet. He knows um, that by getting him to come back, he can help them. Okay, so hopefully that has been helpful going through two of the Romeo and Juliet questions for language, li not language, literature paper one. Good luck.